and that we need to be reminded and, and sing and uh, rejoice how that God is greater than all we can face, um, whether it's external or, or internal. Um, my name is Drew Smith, uh, the pastor here. Welcome again, all that are here and all that are with us um, online. And, and I'm wondering for all of us, if you're with me and you have bouts every once in a while of cynicism. Uh, you're just cynical. It, sometimes it's about myself and sometimes it's with others. Um, and you just, I remember one time sitting with my, my kids at dinner and in just a particularly cynical moment, just said, you know, people don't change. To which my kids then said, well, then what are you doing? You know, why, why are you doing what you're doing? You're all about people changing. I said, be quiet. You know, eat your, eat your peas. And I talked to others in the last several months that are just tired. They're, and they're asking questions like, do I still have a purpose? Do I still have something to accomplish? Uh, do I have potential still to grow as a human being? Yeah, and it's just reminded me one time, an- another time when my one of my children um, announced to us um, uh, as we were driving in the car that she thought she hit her prime as a sophomore in high school. And I thought, well, uh, you got a long way to go if that's your your prime. But but it's a great illustration for us of how times that that we can get stuck. You know, we can languish. We can be in that place where we're just sort of phoning it in instead of growing, changing, continuing to pursue the purpose that that God has for us in Jesus. And what we'll see in our passage today is that we never reach our prime this side of heaven. We never top top out. We never plateau um, to, at the top. We might plateau for a season. We might even go down for a season. But in terms of the potential for us as human beings, we never reach the top until we see Jesus face to face. And in our passage today, what we'll see that in Christ, we are freed. We are empowered to continue to change, transform and grow. We, we never get to the place of being powerless because the power isn't ours. It's in, it's in God. It is what we gather to praise and sing and rejoice in every time that we come to worship God's almighty power. In Christ, in Jesus Christ, we're set free from the limitations of this world, of even ourselves, to grow in God, to grow in Christ likeness for Ever. All right, uh, Romans 6 and our, our journey through Romans today, we'll pick it up in Romans 6, starting with verse 1. We'll read through um, verse 14 and, and hang out there this morning. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, thank you again for your written word as it speaks to us. And we ask, Lord, that your spirit would indeed um, continue to renew our minds. Uh, continue to, to transform our bodies. Uh, continue to speak to us and renew our faith and trust that we are indeed dead to sin and alive to you in the power of your crucifixion and resurrection. We give ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. 
How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, the, the first thing that, that I want to touch on in the passage here is is a reminder that we are freed from all past failures we're we're freed from the guilt of sin that is what the crucifixion has done paul has made that clear as we've been reading the first five chapters he says it over and over again at the very end of chapter five he, he tells us that jesus died for us when we were sinners when we were weak when we were ungodly when we were enemies of god jesus died for us we we didn't have to do better for jesus to die for us we didn't have to do anything for jesus to Wash away all of our sin, all of our failure. He's taken it away, wiped it clean. And, and you can tell that, that he's communicating this well, that people are hearing him by the questions that they're asking Paul. Because the first couple of verses, um, Paul takes his question on from folks that, that says, okay, we get this. God has wiped us clean. Our sins are, are in, in Jesus Christ. They've been they'd crucified on the cross, no longer applicable in our lives. So then why don't we just go ahead and keep on sinning? You know, if, if indeed our, our sin is wiped clean by God and it shows God's glory and the power of his grace and love that, that simply by us entrusting our lives to Jesus, we're cleansed, then let's just keep on sinning in God's glory. It will magnify all the more because of our sin. And Paul says, that's ridiculous. He didn't die for you so that you'll stay in your sin. He died for you because you'd be freed from it. Your past failures, they're gone. They, they, they do not account for anything today in the economy of God. We're freed from our past failures. And, and, and God's love for us is so great that he has made that happen so that we can be with God. But he loves us so much, he doesn't want us to stay this way. 
He wants us on this journey of life where our purpose is always to pursue Christ-likeness individually and as a community. He's totally destroyed the guilt of sin. And the second thing that, that Paul gets at here is that we're also, we're now free, not only from the guilt of sin, but we're freed from the power of sin in our lives. That's true Christian freedom. True Christian freedom is that we now have the choice to choose God. We, we have the, the freedom to choose Him outside of Christ, outside of the Holy Spirit within us. We really aren't free. We are enslaved to the ways of the world. We're enslaved to the sin within us. And unless the, the Holy Spirit within us, we would be totally um, enslaved to the ways of the devil. But because of the Holy Spirit within us now, we're freed from the power of sin in our lives. We have true freedom. And in verses 3 through 7, Paul basically says the same thing three times from different perspectives because it's so hard for us to grasp this truth. That we've died with Christ. He uses baptism here as a... um, an illustration, baptism, when you, uh, baptism, uh, we know it as a technical term now, you know, what happens in church. Well, in, in the first century, baptism was understood also just as the word immersion. And so what he's saying is, you're now immersed with Jesus. I mean, this is what happens at, at, at the time of faith. This is what happens at the cross. You and I and all that are in Jesus, we're immersed with Jesus. We're united with him, Paul says, in his death. That's why it's not about me or you. It's about Jesus. We're, we just now hitch our wagons to him and we are with him in his death and we are with him in the power of the resurrection. So that we're now freed from the power of sin in our life. Uh, look, look, verse 7. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Uh, verse, verse 6. Um, you're no longer enslaved to sin. Verse 8, we've died with Christ. We believe that we also will live with him. The bonds of sin no longer hold me or you as followers of Jesus Christ. We're no longer enslaved to them. We are freed to choose to walk with God, to, to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the power of the resurrection. That is, that is what Jesus accomplished at the cross. Um, but that's a, that's a hard truth, right? Because isn't it sort of easier just to say, ah, the devil made me do it? You know, and just sort of easier, oh man, I'm just broken. That's true. I mean, the devil's at work. Yes, I'm broken. But that's not an excuse. That, that doesn't free us from now the opportunity that we have the freedom in the Holy Spirit to continue to be transformed and changed. So sometimes we just need to be reminded of this truth so that it keeps us from being stuck. Keeps us from just sort of phoning it in. Just sort of staying on the lazy river as followers of Jesus. Because, because God has something greater for us. His transformation is still at work. We never retire from being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Uh, you ever heard the, the, the story of Louis Delcourt? Uh, he was a French soldier in World War I. And, and he's a great illustration of how what can happen when we don't know, we don't remember that we've been freed. 
Because Delcourt fought on the front lines. He was at home on leave and he decided to stay at home on leave. And he went AWOL. He deserted the army. And, and he, he, with his mother, he talked, you know, and he just said, Mom, let me live in your attic. And just bring me some food. You know, we won't tell anybody, you know, and it, it'll be okay. And that worked. For 21 years, Louis lived in the attic of his mother. And it was August 37, I think it was, when he, or when she died. And she was his only connection to life. So he had to eventually come down. So you can imagine someone's been living in his attic for 21 years, frail, pale, eventually comes outside and finds a police officer and just confesses where he's been for 21 years, that he deserted the army and you just take take me in. To which the, the soldier is sort of confused, or the, the uh, police officer said, well, where have you been? And he tells him the story. He goes, well, it's been years Years since all deserters were given amnesty. You, you've been free for over 15 years. But he never knew it. And he lived in the shackles of the attic. Because he didn't recognize again that he was free. Friends, the Apostle Paul says it well in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We have been freed to live in Christ. We've been freed from the the power of sin over our lives. We now have true Christian freedom to submit to God, to, to be God's slaves, to live for God. To, to say no to the power of the rebellious, sinful nature within us. To say no to the ways of the world. The systems of this world that, that try to pull us away from the ways of God. Or the, the direct work of the devil himself. It's in John's first letter that he outlines this unholy trinity of the sin of self. The sin of the, the ways of the world and the devil. But the power of the resurrection now has freed us, not only from our, the, 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 the guilt of our past wrongs, not only from the power of sin today, but has freed us now to live with God today. We're, we're dead to sin, but alive to God. Again, verse, verse 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. So, so because this is true, now we're living for God. We now give ourselves, submit ourselves to God so that we can live for him. And that becomes our journey for all of life. And it's so easy for the ways of the world, for our own sin, for the ways of the devil, again, to, to, to tell lies to us that, that we've got to live according to the ways of the world or that we're no longer have power uh, to overcome the, the sin within us. It is the power of God within us. The power of the resurrection. Now, that's not just a spiritual idea, but impacts our body. It impacts our, our hands, our, our feet. It, it impacts our eyes and our ears and what we do. And that's always the case. That we're freed to grow and mature in faith 
to change, to be transformed by the power of the resurrection more and more like Christ. So, so again, back to that, that original cynicism, that original sense of hitting my prime or that original sense of just plateauing. You know, we never do. We live with God and God is always working in us through the power of the resurrection. Just like we talked about uh, last week for those that were here, you know, the challenges that we face provide those opportunities, provide those crucibles for God to do some of God's best work for the power of the resurrection to be alive in us. So if this is the case, if we're freed from the guilt of, of, uh, of sins in the past, if we're, we're freed from the power of sins, we're free to live with God today, then, then one of the questions of application for, for you t- today is, what are some of the ways you're still dabbling in sin? You know, what are some of the ways in your own life that you're still dabbling? You're just, you're, you're, you haven't brought uh, and, and chosen to bring God to bear in the decisions of your life in particular areas and either what you're doing or not doing. What are, what are, there may be some uh, as well, you're not just dabbling, but you're fully immersed in the ways of, of the, the world, or the, under the ways of the evil one or the ways of, of sin. And, and, and you've just given up. And you, you don't realize the, the power of the resurrection that's real in your life today. What, what are the ways that you, you've forgotten? Yeah, way well, I'm living with Jesus today. I'm walking with Him, my, my crucified and risen Savior, the Creator of the, of the world. I'm living with Him today. Is it the, the, the busyness of life that just sort of distracts you or, or the pleasures of life that you think you know better than God? What will really bring you joy and what you were created for? Or are you just tired and just doing it in your own strength alone? Maybe there's, there's other reasons that, that keep you from this newness of life. The, the power of the resurrection that, that's real in your life. What, what keeps you from a total abandonment to living with God, an energetic, joyful pursuit of the newness of life in Jesus. Uh, I was reminded of a story about Frederick Douglass. He was a uh, um, well, a great abolitionist in the uh, uh, 1800s, but he started his life as a uh, as a slave, uh, born and grew up as a slave, and, and tells uh, you know all kinds. His autobiography tells all kinds of stories. Of the ways that as a, as a kid he remembers lining up at the trough where the master would pour a, a trough full of gooey cornmeal. And all the kids had a spoon and they just got at the trough and just ate it as fast as they could. Uh, remembers uh, working the fields from sun up to sundown you know, seven days a week or actually 13 days out of every 14. And remembers times of being tortured, of being whipped and had scars to show it. All uh, before he was given the opportunity to escape. You'd think if you went through that, that, that you'd take any opportunity to freedom and you'd take it lickety split. But he didn't. He said he really had to, to think about it. And it was, it was hard to take that step. And, and he gives two reasons why. 
And I think are the illustrations for us as well. He said, one, it was, this is all he'd known. And these were the people that he knew. This is the place that he knew. And, he, and would he be deserting that place in some way? Would he, would he not find another place like this one in order to, to belong? He also wondered about the risk. This was significant risk for him. Because what if he's caught? Then, you know, what's bad will do me magnified tenfold. And he'd be tortured even worse. Maybe dying would be better than what he would face otherwise. And, and I thought about that for us in terms of how we can be, um, even as mature Christians, we can get satisfied with the status quo. We can get comfortable with what we know where we belong, and we can lose our edge saying, no, Jesus is calling us to something even greater, to life with him forever, a life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And are we sometimes tempted by the same way that Frederick Douglass is, just to get to stay uh, with what we know, to stay with what's comfortable, to stay maybe even with what's respectable, with what is um, makes us feel comfortable, but not continuing to pursue the edge of where Jesus is leading us into the newness of life. Uh, the, but the, the other thing that, uh, um, that Mr. Douglas faced, we don't. We don't face risk. Uh, it's, it's not a risk to continue to walk in the newness of life with Jesus. It's not a, to, a risk to, to take the shackles of our own sin or the ways of the world or the ways of the devil. It's not, a, it's not a risk to take those off and run in the freedom of walking and living with Jesus intimately, actively, every day of our lives. It is amazing how the things of this world can somehow become more and more comfortable. And keep us from continuing to pursue life with Jesus. And I don't know what those are for you. For, for some, like I said, it may be full immersion. It might be addiction of some kind. Or substance or, or work or money or sex or hatred or cynicism or pleasure or comfort. Don't, don't settle We can't settle for the empty promises of this world because in the end, they don't satisfy. What truly satisfies is the freedom of life that we have in God. So what what for for you, one, there's the the choice of recognizing what those sins are and saying, God, I no longer want to live in that place. I no longer want to live in doing that or uh, I want to live with you. Whatever that might be, whatever those things are, the ways of the world or the sin within us that has a hold on us. But it's not just I want to stop doing that. I want to live more intimately with you every day. That's what Jesus has been raised for. 
to, to show us that death is no longer has any power over us. We're alive with God now and forever. So it's not just saying no to that, but saying yes to what, what are the practices that will help you engage with God more? Maybe for some of you, it's you just need to take Sabbath regularly. You just need to be sure that you take time and you rest. You, let me say that again. You need to take time to Sabbath. Not just rest. That's a part of Sabbath. Not just vacation, that can be a part of Sabbath. Um, not just not work, but also to be with God. Sabbath is not just stopping work, it is stopping work in order to engage with God. And, and maybe that's something you, you need to explore for yourself. Are you taking the time you need to, to be with God, to be in His Word, to, to gather like we're gathering here with, with others, to worship God with, with a group or um, alone? Or maybe it's you need to be in a group with other Christians, small group, a, a group where you ask each other these kind of questions. That's what, this is what we designed growth groups to be. Small groups of followers of Jesus who are asking each other the questions like, so what sin is besetting you today? It's a little different than, hey, Reds had a good game last night. But it's not something you ask unless you're in that kind of community. That's what growth groups are for, to help us say, because we believe that Jesus has freed us from sin to walk in the newness of life with Jesus. So we, we, but we know we need help because we get a whole lot of voices and a whole lot of other people inside and outside telling us something just the opposite. So, so growth groups are, are designed for that. Or, or many of you are in other kinds of groups. And here's some great questions for those of you that are in growth groups. Here are the questions for today. You know, what are the things that are holding you back? What, what fear, what trepidation holds you back? What's, what's getting in the way of you walking with Jesus in the fullness of your life? If you're interested in being a part of growth group, you can just email growthgroup at chpc.org and we'll get your name, connect with you and connect you with, um, others. But friends, this is indeed, this news is good news. This is our joy. This is our freedom. This is our purpose to always be growing in our life with God. Jesus didn't save us to be stuck. Didn't save us to plateau. Didn't save us to hit our prime in high school. He died and rose again so that we would be changing and growing and transforming in the newness of life now, tomorrow, and every day, forever. What, what a wonderful witness that is to the world as we're growing in that newness of life. No matter what station in life that we're in. As we're, we're doing that, whenever and wherever and however, other people see. And they see, man, you got a sense of a spark. You got a, a step in, in your, your, your gate that, that shows you're still alive and changing and you're still transforming. You still have purpose and meaning. What, what kind of witness would that be to the world for, for if that were the case for us individually and our neighbors and our family and for, to the, in the community and to the city as a church? That we're not stuck on ourselves, we're not stuck on fear, we're not stuck on busyness or stuck on being tired or stuck on giving up. We're continuing to grow in the freedom from sin that we have in Jesus. 
That, that would be a witness to the world. So, so what action step will you take this week to live into that freedom? To live into that freedom that you have from the shackles of sin. To live into the newness of life with God forever. What action will you take this week to live into that freedom? Amen.